0: Hi everyone, this is Luke Moraney for the Daily Property Search Podcast. And the topic I'd like to talk to you all about today is, do you invest now or invest later? Before I get into this topic, just a disclaimer. This podcast is for general purposes only and should not be regarded as financial or legal advice. Make sure you get your own independent advice when it comes to investing. So the whole idea about invest now or invest later. There is different things that are going in the marketplace right now. I'm going to dive into what is actually happening and some of the thoughts that you could carry forward into whether you get started now or wait on the sidelines for a little bit and start a little bit later. I guess the whole idea, whether you're starting now or starting later, you do want to keep up to date with what's actually happening in the market. You can do a lot of research, whether that be On social media, there's a lot being posted about data and information. You do want to be careful about what type of data and who is actually writing that information out there, what they're portraying in the data, and being careful about are they just putting a positive spin because that's their idea, or are they putting a negative spin because they're looking for you to focus on other markets. So we really want to sift through all that information to get an idea what is going to work for us. And we've always got to assess our own capabilities to invest and what kind of buffers that we have in place when we are investing. There's no use in getting started now if you're gonna put yourself in financial ruin and hardship in another three or six months time. And that's where people really need to assess what's going on. We don't want to be in a situation as buyer's agents that people only have $1,000 in their bank account once they invest in property, because if they get to a situation where they need to uh, repair a hot water system, or replace a hot water system, or do some roof repairs, they're not gonna have the money to do it. And then they're gonna have to sell, or panic sell that property, and if they can't sell that quickly enough, then they. They could be in a situation where that property stays on the market, they can't afford it, then they're going to have to be forced and sell by the by the banks or the lenders that are out there. So it's really important for us to assess all that before we get started and then assess what the market is saying to us right now in the places that we are looking to invest or what kind of market we see moving forward that's going to have cash flow and growth for us Is it better to go now or go later? So I'm going to dive into a couple of those thoughts. Firstly, there are declines in the Sydney and Melbourne property market. It's no secret that there is a lot that is happening around. Now, there's going to be some some areas that are performing better than others. But in a general sense, I would suggest that most of the suburbs in Sydney are at least in decline by at least 6%. I probably would would suggest it's probably more like eight percent, and you know anywhere up to a twenty or twenty five percent in some areas. There is a lot of stock in some of those northwest and southwest areas on the market right now. Um, some of the places close to city have less stock, but there is a lot less buyers, and that's the main consideration in what's looking to, towards those declines in those Sydney and Melbourne property markets. People can't afford those levels after they've increased by 60 and 70% between 2012 and 2017. And there are, I guess, small declines around the marketplace of all of Australia right now. And it's mainly due to the tighter lending conditions. There is a lot less people that have the ability to borrow money now than there was about five years ago, a lot less. We're talking 20 to 25% declines in the amount of lending in the marketplace. That's huge. That means that now one in five people can't get a loan that used to be getting a loan uh, previously five years ago. And obviously there's not everyone that's looking to borrow and to purchase property at any given time. We've only got two million investors out of a 25 million population in Australia. So, and once people buy one property, more, more often than not, they don't buy a second, third, and fourth, and tenth, or twentieth, or thirtieth, or a hundredth property. So that's what kind of happens in the marketplace. We do need to be concerned about where the lending is going and keeping a close eye to see if things actually turn around in the lending space. And if they do, um, be ready to see some of the growth in some of those growth, uh, growing markets that are out there. And so affordability is still an issue in Sydney and Melbourne. I think even if lending loosened up a little bit, it'll be some time before it really makes a, a massive turnaround in price to get towards those peaks. So I would suggest that we're still in for another couple of years at least of being around these prices or with um, slightly lower prices. So be uh, watching out for the lending in the marketplace. But really, the declines in Sydney and Melbourne have been there. Now, like I said, there's some opportunities, and that takes me to the second point, because there is always opportunities in the markets. Even in the Sydney and Melbourne property markets, there will be highly motivated sellers that are out there, and if you can take those opportunities where someone can offload and you can make some money out of a major or even a minor renovation, that might be a capability for you to do that. But you're still going to have to factor in potential for those declines in some of those markets. So, and where we particularly look as buyers agents right now is in those Brisbane markets. It hasn't had the growth of Sydney and Melbourne. There is an affordability aspect to it because we're buying properties at between two hundred dollars and $500,000 typically for investors. So people wanting to rent those properties at $300,000, $350,000, dollars it's not a lot for them and they can afford to do it within their, the pay that they're receiving. Um, And there's just a lot of capability for, for that to happen and that is one aspect of why we are investing in that Brisbane market between the 15 and 35k mark ring around from the CBD. You know, affordability is a big driver. There are jobs being created, there's a lot of infrastructure spending happening up there. Um, and and look, there is a lot of infrastructure spending being happening in Sydney and Melbourne, but the affordability is definitely not there at the moment and lending the way it is, for people to try and get a million dollar uh, property with for a loan on it, it it's, it's just much harder right now. So I guess where the opportunities are, you know, look for those motivated sellers. You obviously build relationships with those agents to get find out who those motivated sellers are. Have they had the property on the market for a long time or are they looking just to put that property on the market right now and have a quick sale? So there's two ways you can look for those motivated sellers right at the start and maybe when the, the listing is looking to expire, um, so the agent then, uh, well the seller might go with a different agent. So if you can get that before the expired listing happens or if the, the, the seller is then highly motivated to sell because they started the campaign a lot higher than they should have or they actually need to transact the property really quickly because they bought something else. Look also for those off-market deals and you know again, building the relationships with the agents to be able to do that. And then look at the individual deals. See where you can potentially add value that the current seller or the agent is not seeing in that property. Maybe it is creating that fourth bedroom in the house. Maybe it's doing an extension. Maybe it's cutting the house in half and putting it as a duplex. And I've seen you know developers do that. Maybe it's putting on that granny flat. Um, there is a lot of capabilities to do different things with properties. So look at ways that you can add value. And maybe paying market price or listed price can be to your advantage, because they don't see the value in that property that you're seeing as a savvy, educated investor. The third point i like to make in terms of investing now or later is that property is a patient's game. It's a patient game. We need to think about what our long-term thought process in. But the, the caveat on that is the fact that we want to be buying in growth markets or the potential for that growth market. Um, the capability to have that cash flow coming in because if something does happen in our lives and we had to sell that property, the chances are if we're looking for those growth markets, then we're going to put ourselves in a perspective that we're not going to sell that property at a loss or the loss is at a a minimum level. So that protects our risk for the future. So if we had to sell that property in 6 or 12 or 18 months' time, maybe it's had a little bit of growth. And if we do sell it, then we're out of it with not too much pain. So that's where I talk about Sydney and Melbourne property markets declining. And if you're going to buy in those markets for the long term and you're saying 20, 25 years, great. No problem. That's a long-term strategy. Sydney and Melbourne will bounce back. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Population is increasing, there's a lot of jobs being created, it's where people want to live. It all makes sense, but not right now. So that's where we figure out if there's going to be further declines in Sydney and Melbourne and you did have to sell in 12 or 24 months time, chances are that you're going to buy now at a much higher price, or maybe even just a higher price than what you're going to sell it for in 12 months time, if you had to sell. And the concern for people are, if there is job losses, if there is issues in the economy and you did have to sell that investment property, you might find you're in a much worse state and you, get, you start to get that financial hardship and you then think property investing is really not for you. But the factor of buying in those markets that have peaked, and I've done it before. My first investment property was out in Western Sydney. I bought it at the peak of market in 2002 and it didn't see those same peaks for another 10 years. So you really want to focus on, I've had the experience myself, I've seen it happen, and yes, it's a patience game. If you can hold that property for 30 years, you will win out of Sydney. No doubt no doubt about it. But the factor is, if you did have to sell in the next 24, 12 or 24 months, you might be in a worse price point than you are if you're buying it now. So realize it's a patience game, but also realize to you know, focus on buying in those growth markets where your risk is low, your potential for growth is much higher. If you'd like to talk about this particular topic or your own personal circumstances when it comes to investing, please do give me a call. Look forward to having a chat with anyone. And my number is 0400 332 377 and appreciate you for you tuning in. Thank you. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor,